trap overflow. I'm always smoking this dope. I got these bins on my own. We going back to my home. Not even the co-host. Sometimes the podcast doesn't even wait for me. As you cannot do the podcast. You need to have the skills. You also can't be at like three different schools. Yeah. I mean, we already know you're leaving, so yeah, that that was great to tell Christian Jones right there. Hey, I'm gonna coach you for one year and I'm be gone. I don't know what Camilla said. I just came on and agreed with him, but I know that's a mistake now. And so, we're going to start with a happy New Year's. It's not New Year's yet, so I'm really happy. I know, but we're not going to have a podcast during the New Year. So, this is going to be the last podcast of 2017. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> but we're going to first start off this podcast with me and my grips that Stanford can be this good with like six real players. I'm, come on. They, I mean, they have four guys who can actually play basketball. And what is it? They're like top 35? They're 31st in talent. They're better than me. Oh, that's, like, that's not impressive. But they're better than like Georgetown, UCLA. They're better than me. The four players. And the worst part about this, I've recruited two of them. Man. Man. I lost two out of the four. What's <laughs> funny is Mason King is still at Stanford. Like for how hype his prog- his recruitment was, I like can't believe he's still there. Exactly. Like I that's so recruited, weird. I also recruited Aaron Brinson. Damn. Brinson's nice. Shaw is nice. I remember Shaw died, and then he wouldn't. Rec- Why are all of these recruits like the last last minute recruits? Like they were all dudes who were like at the last minute or had some special. Yes. And the worst part about this is Stanford scared me out of actually offering Ty Virgil. So uh, gradually, cool. yeah, because I thought he was on the pitch to learn that he didn't. Yeah, Haziel is spooky. But, I mean, now that he's back, like, rip, uh, rip a lot of our recruits. I, yeah. Hey, I have pizza. Oh, look, this dude got pizza during the podcast. <laughs> so you start off the podcast. I'm going to go eat pizza. Oh, shit. All right. He sent me the topics, so let's, let's go through the topics. All right, progression talk. That's what it is listed as, according to Fake News Camiller's uh, itinerary. Uh, so, yeah, progression talk. Uh, I think Alex said Duke and Stanford are the only teams with two guys in the top ten. And yeah, Manuel Shaw and uh, Aaron Brinson for Stanford, and uh, Barry Tate and Brooklyn Vic for Duke. So uh, this dude is oh my god! Why are you so loud with your pots and pans? Jesus Christ! 
Is it, I can't tell what's all right. Anyway, uh, yeah, but the best player in the country is going to be definitely a battle between uh, Ken Canon Carlisle from Georgia Tech, the man Alex got on Pitch TBA. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, and uh, Mikel Tyne, who basically Dr. J got on Pitch TBA. I don't, did uh, well not not he got him on Pitch TBA, but was he uncontested? Did didn't Indiana TBA? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you look through all of these guys, I think um, I think when we look at them, Carlisle, like Alex, like Alex said, isn't as good as his overall. But I think Carlisle, what he really makes up of, is just like that do it all guy. Like I'm not scared of Carlisle at anything specifically. Maybe defense. He's very good defensively. But like just all combined, he's incredibly talented. Um, what overall do you think the cutoff will be for players to leave early? No one, I, in my book, like I, like no one who is a 75 or higher should ever stay. And so I think oh, this year, a lot of 74s, uh, because there's like tons of 74s, are going to maybe some will stay and some will go. It's going to go on a case-by-case basis based on player stats, uh, team performance, uh, role on the said team. Um, yeah, so I think that's really what it's going to come down to. What about a 76? All right, good job, buddy. Uh, good listening skills. This is why you're on the podcast talking, not listening. Okay. Anyway, yeah, Carlisle's just an all-around god. Uh, Tyne is his stats. Like, how many hundreds does this man have? One, two, three, four, five, six. He has an 100 endurance, 100 inside scoring, 100 dunk, 100 two-pointer, 100 block, 100 steal. Man, 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 that is uh So he's an eighty-three. Is he the best um number one overall recruit out of high school since uh yeah, true. I did just not is he the best recruit out of high school since Bagley? Because I think I know Zion was in night eighty two or eighty one. So I'm trying to remember. Nah, I snorted Coke. It wasn't crack. But yeah, I'm trying to remember who was a better recruit out of high school. Yeah, ooh. Awkward Zion. Uh, oh, no, 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 not Williamson. I'm talking about Harmon. Yeah, Harmon. Uh, yeah, Zion Harmon, Louisville, somehow. Man, I miss Louchin. Uh, yeah, all right, let's have a real discussion about Robert Lyles. Like, are we really blind? Guys, yeah, he put up like a like a great PER, right? This dude's playing for Iowa. Did his team? I don't even remember what they did. Did they have a winning record? Like, I'm pretty sure if they did, it was like 17 and 13, if even. I don't even know if they did. They didn't make the national tournament. You can really go wrong with Lester Stern or Mark Morris. Honestly, both of them should have been co-player of the year. Like, they're both really good point guards. Like, I cannot believe that Robert Lyles won player of the year. Like, how are we voting like this? All right, that's my rant for the first five minutes. I'll get back into another rant in 15. Uh, yeah, what else am I going to talk about? Let me keep going through player ratings. Uh, top center in the country, top big man, I guess, is going to come down to Royce Fielder from Indiana, who improved a lot um, over his last year. He's the top senior in the country. You know, Royce is a talented player. Um, he can score. He can rebound. He can do it all. Uh, well, actually, well, he's not a great rebounder. 89 rebounding is obviously really good, but comparatively. And Chris Atwood, um, talk about a guy who can literally do it all. 
100 strength, 100 endurance, 99 dunk, 97 inside, 96 three-pointer, 100 block, 100 rebounding. Atwood is literally, oh my God, like I can't imagine. He's like Carl Anthony Towns if Carl Anthony Towns could play defense. Yeah, that's he's like Embiid. That's my man. Uh, let's see. What else? Um, Sasser, because you can't say his name without sounding uh, hilarious. Sasser's pretty good, um, but he doesn't stand out at anything. Obviously, he's got some really good uh, stats inside-wise and like scoring-wise, but he, he's not a standout guy outside of that. Um, give me other players to talk about. I'll evaluate them. Just send them in. I'll evaluate any player. Kane. All right, let me check out Kane. So Sabian Kane is a 70. This dude's a 70. He's a 70. Oh, my God. YK, you lucked out. That's a huge steal. Kane already has 103 pointers and 98 blocks to go with his 6'6 frame. And that 100 strength, ugh. I think the only problem I have with him is um, is his 51 endurance. And uh, considering his 45 rebounding, uh, you know, I don't know. He's he's going to be a good scorer, uh, and he's definitely going to be great defensively. But I think he needs to work on his fitness, and then I'd be really scared of of uh, Kane. Sorry, but Kane already at that rating is insane. That's that's a steal. I didn't even think him getting sixty five. Um, Camilla, we don't need you right now. Uh, Charles no. Jackson, Charles Jackson, uh, Charles Jackson from Georgia Tech is a 76. Another one of those all-around guys, but you know he can just score very well. He's from College Point, New York. This man started half the year last year and has really improved ever since then. Um, you know, I think if you look at his numbers, he's just improved greatly, and he can score. Um, he's great athletically. He's just a do-it-all guy, like kind of like Carlisle, just on his lower level. Like I wouldn't be scared of him, uh, but you know, I think definitely still a talented player. Like I wouldn't want to face him, but you know what? Check me. So we're gonna we're gonna talk Robert Foss because that's who the gag man was about. Obviously, let me talk about an Atlanta dude. And so one of the things I like about Foss is that he's a two-way player. He's a good scorer. He can score on the inside, outside. He can also shoot some free throws, so he's not a liability there. He's six six. He's a good. He's also good at passing and set up the offense. But one thing I like is that he's one of the better defensive players in the country. He can block shot. He's probably the best blocking small forward. Grab rebounds. He's a do it all kind of player. A guy I can honestly see going top ten in the draft. Now, see, I'm a little biased because this man's coming from Atlanta, and so. You said, you said Foss is going top 10? He, he has potential to go top 10. I don't think so. I think Foss is a good player. Um, but I think just look at this class. It's stacked. Um, it is a stacked class. But sometimes but they're going to be teams that they want guys who do multiple things. They want a 100% guy. Yeah, but there's a lot of those. There's a lot of those. Like I think I think when we're looking at players this talented – there's definitely going to be tons of two-way players, um, and I think I think Foss as a sophomore has some of a disadvantage, somewhat of a disadvantage. Like a seventy-eight overall is obviously a guy who I I still think Foss will go lottery. I just think top ten's a little shaky when we talk about how stacked this class is. If if you want to find the first seventy-four overall player, 
you have to go to uh, page four of play ratings. Um, and that just goes to show you, and half of them are seniors. That just goes to show you the level of, uh, of talent we have in the league today. That's going to um, make it really hard to choose an actual team. Because uh, there's just so many teams that have a lot of talent. Obviously, if you read the thing, you know who I'm picking as the national champion, but that was not an easy choice. Well, I think what's so interesting is that you look at a team like Arizona State, um, they're ranked on my export. I don't know if maybe this is wrong, but they're 11th in talent, I assume. So 11th in preseason rankings. Uh, their team is a 75, a 72, a 69, a 68, a 67, a 66, Boy. whatever, blah, 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 blah. Just a lot of great depth. But if you look at that compared to a team um, like I think uh, – I'm just going to use Michigan as an example. Michigan, who's six in talent, so five spots ahead of them, 78, 76, 70, 70, 69, 69, 69. Yeah, great number there, nice. But, yeah, I think there's just not a lot of difference in between teams. Um, and, and I think – I think that's going to make it incredibly interesting uh, because I think we've seen a lot of programs rise up. And, you know, last year a lot of people were like, oh, the recruiting class isn't worth it. But you look at the top, like, 25, and a lot of these teams are teams that recruited well last year or had sophomores. Yeah, the thing I think with just, those is that I feel like a lot of sophomores improved really well in their second year. And that was a really big thing. I don't think there's a lot of standout freshmen because if you look at one of the things I wrote is that we had a lot of freshmen that kind of underwhelmed. You and know, I guess they got in the weight room. I think, I think um, when we look at like talent rankings purely, um, the league at this point like it's dominated by sophomores. Which is crazy. It's, I mean, obviously you're going to see the three or four star freshmen, your Michael Tynes, your Brooklyn Vicks, whatever. But if I look at the top ten players by overall in this league, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven of them are sophomores. Two are freshmen. One's a senior. Like juniors, like juniors are either when they come back either don't progress really well or progress very well, and that's pretty rare. Um. So I think when you have a freshman who's at a nice like seventy four to seventy two rating, I, I'm I think a lot of the time when they progress, they hit that, they hit that um, what am I saying? They hit that like seventy eight, seventy nine, eighty range, and that's where you really get your stars. Um, and I'm not saying juniors are bad, Alex. I mean I, I know you're not saying I'm saying that, but I'm saying I think when we look at progression, the best players in the league are usually always sophomores. Usually, always those best freshmen, the ones that come back, are always gonna always usually progress. And I mean, if you have one that doesn't, I feel bad for you. <laughs> like, uh, it kind of sucks. And I would agree with you on that one because even because even when you look at some of the juniors and seniors, obviously we know those people are going to be better because they're either guys who had developmental projects and they stayed around long enough. Mm-hmm. You kind of knew. But that was that second thing. They stayed around long enough. But it's the sophomores that really matter. Because it's the guys who, as you said, are not the guys who go in the draft. That's why, even though he wasn't a sophomore, I'm kind of like a junior, Aiden Mahaney, what made him so special for this year, and why he's going to be, I think he's one of the better players, is that he stood around for a second, a third year. 
Yeah. I think sophomores are where you find your stars and juniors and seniors are where you find those in those not bad players, but players who usually are just like supporting class guys. Um, some of the most important players on your team are those second, third or fourth options. When your star player is having an off day, you can go to uh, your juniors or your seniors, your upperclassmen who are just talented, not role players, but just decent enough starters to surround you enough with talent. Or you can even find some stars and seniors or grad chance. Because yeah. one, cause one of the things that I've kind of learned while being a coach is that some of the grad chancers essentially be some of the best players in the league. Because mm-hmm. the one person that got me into the tournament last year was Russell Williams, a grad transfer from UCLA. Without him, there's no way made the tournament. Daniel Rotella is another person, senior, and if they make the tournament, that's that's gonna be a big reason why. Yeah, grad transfer out of Arizona State. I think grad transfers. What I've always noticed about them is they either go up like two, or regress one, or go up like eight. Like it's crazy. They have pretty consistent either great or negative progression, and obviously that's a huge risk. But the the level of grad transfer you're recruiting is you're essentially saying. I want one year of a guy who's like a 65 to 75 rating. And that's great if you're a mid-level team who wants to get over the hump or if you're a team that's young and you want either experience or you want the type of where you know you're going to have guys back. So you want a talented star for one season before you know you usher in the new era of talent on your team. Yes, I got to do, do the right. This is some, that's just something I noticed for later, Dag. Just noted. I got someone's progression right now. I'm happy about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, my progression is is a blessing and a curse. Um, I'm going to have five 67 overall players or better coming back next year, which is insane, but I'm going to have no early entries. Uh, so my team's kind of at that mid-level, like, weird spot. Like, I'll be great next year, but I'm not going to be very good this year. Uh, See, and that's, that's yeah. a little frustrating. Mine is going to be interesting because, like, I was hoping for is that the only people that honestly I was paying attention for aggression is the top four players on my team. Cause there's really the only four really good players. Uh-huh. My freshman didn't progress at all, so I'm not going to get the next James Ortega. But Harry Connor came out of nowhere and is now a good player. Mm-hmm. And he was probably our worst starter last season. Yeah. Even though that was the same story with Ortega. Horrible starter and then becomes a star out of nowhere. I guess that I've also seen that as a trend too. Players who end up having, I said, players that underwhelming players do really good sophomore season. I guess that's true to the college. Some people need that extra year. Yeah, I, I mean that's kind of goes back to the point about sophomores. Is that, I mean, I love talking about Taylor Pope, so why not talk about Taylor Pope? Um, after his freshman year, nine and eight guy couldn't really shoot the ball that well. Whatever. That next year, he takes a huge step and averages 19 and 7 just by coming back an extra year. Oh, his craft. It's crazy. Yo, I don't know who that is, but they That's seem, my brother. Yo, your brother, your, your brother is in a lot of pain right now. Yeah. He hurt himself. Great job, Blake. Great job. You had one job. You, you had, had one job. You had one job. Most underrated coach in the, in the NCBCA. Yes. Shout out. Shout out. This man keeps Indiana reloaded.
Yeah, he's recording, Blake. Shut up. God, Blake. Like, Miller's gone again, so now is when we go off topic. I'm back. Uh, awkward. The game, but now we're going to talk about games, and I'm sorry, but Extra didn't mention this, but we have to mention this game as a game to watch. Michigan versus Georgia Tech to start the season off. Man, is that a star-studded game. Hell yeah, that's going to be a great game, actually. Um, I think Georgia Tech every year literally plays like like six games like out of conference where you're just like, all right, that's like game of the week. And they usually do pretty good in them. So that's the other that. thing, too, because one thing I've noticed is that a lot of the better teams end up playing each other, but the one thing I hate to do is play a lot of really good teams. Oh, that's accidentally what I did. Uh, <laughs> I'm playing – basically 15 games against top 25 opponents this year. So that yeah. should be fun. Um, <laughs> I tried yeah. to schedule a week, but yeah, no one told me Oklahoma was going to be good. Well, that's on you, dude. Oklahoma? Yeah. Damn it, Chris. That's my man. Pretty yes. good. That, Pretty that good was coach. good. When I scheduled them, this was before they signed all those guys. But I liked it. It's a nice, it's a nice game to have on. To have on. But predictions for the Michigan-Georgia Tech game. Because that may uh, be a potential Final Four preview. Uh, predictions. Um, you're looking talking about the team who's ranked third in talent versus the team that's ranked sixth in talent. And I think what Georgia Tech does really well is everything. Like I, I don't know how better else to say it, but then that they just do everything very well. Um, if if they had one weakness, I actually think. I think their weakness might be uh, shooting. I mean, I, granted, it's not really a weakness. Um, it's still, like, very good. But if you had to pick out one thing wrong with their game, it's obviously, like Alex said, scoring. Um, and, I, and we look at Michigan. Michigan, year after year after year, is one of the top defensive teams in the country. So I don't know if it's really an upset, <clears throat> an upset to pick Michigan, but I'm going to pick Michigan. I think they, their defensive talent is just going to overpower it. Georgia Tech. It'll still be a very close game, but I predict it'll be pretty low scoring. I'm not going to comment on the Georgia and so I'm not going to comment on that game. Or you honestly know who I'm going to choose. Bias. Yes. Oh. You know what? You write a 35 page preview on these entire things, and that will allow you to be. And then we can talk about some biasness right here. I mean, okay. But sure. another game that I like, though, what is it? Highlight is, what is it? Hold on. I had it. Here we go. Arizona versus Clemson. Oh, wait. Time out, Alex. I accidentally did a three-game sim on a file, and you lost 76 to 63. So, I mean, I wasn't basing it off that. I was just like, notice that. That's the first one. All right. Well, that's fair. Yeah, what were you saying? Clemson Hill? Arizona. All right, that's going to be a pretty good game. Clemson is reloaded due to Staves' 4,000-word Christian Mingle bands uh, pitches. Uh, they have Ray Grant, who can't progress because, uh, you know, he could have been on Georgia Tech. <laughs> and not Kentucky. Kyle, this is payback for Axel Schwartz. This is payback, all right? Uh, anyway, yeah, that's going to be a really good game. I think Arizona always has bad progression, which always leads them to have hope for the next year because they're always like, all right, well, we're bringing back some, a lot of talented dudes. 
we're going to bring in a really talented cast. And then their progression is bad every year. Meanwhile, Clemson has built up uh, built up just such great talent over the last couple of years. Uh, and it's going to be such a good game. Yeah, Alex. Alex, you really were piping the bitch for the week? All right. I respect that, if that's the case. I respect that. The one thing I'm going to say about this game is that the battle big one, because one of the best things about Arizona is that they are they have Rush Ashton and they have Gene Smith, and so they're going to be able to bang on the boards with anybody. Yeah. So I feel like if Clemson can control the rebounding battle, I think it's for Arizona. Yeah. How is it? The third game that we want to highlight because I do want to go on to questions before we go to our interviewee is Colorado State and Duke. The Mountaintop versus the former leader of the Mountaintop. That's going to be a really good game. Colorado State, obviously, they have Mr. Insane Chris Atwood, uh, Mr. Colin Towns with defense Chris Atwood. Going up against a Duke team led by Barry Tate and Brooklyn Vic, which for and combined with Marcus Olsen forms probably the best one, two, three I've ever seen in this game. Like Jesus. Um they're gonna be really talented, but one thing Duke's gonna need is a lot of rebounding. And Dante Stringer is gonna have to have have to handle a lot of that for Duke. And I don't know if he's really gonna be up to the task. Uh I think when you're going up against Chris Atwood, as good as Stringer is, you need that next level guy to compete. So I think between Duke and Colorado State, I think Duke has more talent, but I think Colorado State is better at what Duke lacks. So I'm going to actually pick Colorado State in this one. I'm going to agree with you because one of the things I know is about over the years, they've been one of the best in the country. And especially in the regular season, it is being so early. You only have so many games to really see a team's defense, how to know how to attack it. Because of that kind of defensive skill in Colorado State, I feel like it will be a really big advantage. And I feel like Duke's going to have a little bit of trouble scoring. So I'm going to also go with Colorado State. Now we're going to go on to questions. And one of the questions... Oh, um, actually, actually, I do have a game we should highlight. All right, let's go. Uh, it is week five at UConn, Kentucky, and for the fourth straight season, UConn will take a victory as per usual. Uh, that's really all we got to highlight. Uh, that's basically the whole story. Whoa, right, whoa, we can go on to questions. A Wait a second. This is a two-sided podcast. We always look at both sides, whether we want to or not. Sometimes I really don't. Sometimes but, you're biased, you know. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Well, one of the things I like about the Kentucky roster is kind of the versatility on it. You have a lot of guys who can go multiple ways. They can play forward. They can play guards. So really, that's going to really help them. But, and I say, but when you look at Kentucky, one of the things I've noted is that they're a really set in stone kind of team. Travis Perry's a stud. Thomas Carr is going to be good. You have Trevor Keels. You have enough guys in the Holy, in the Holy Guacamole, Kentucky. What happened to y'all progression? Yeah, they suck. Uh, so. And Kentucky. So after saying all of this, yeah, yes. we're going UConn. Yeah, so we're going am UConn. I, Kyle. My guys yeah. are staying too. Literally, I have a better team than you, and more of my guys are coming back. 
so questions. And one of the questions I had made sure to get PM to me is, any team that you think will surprise in this league? And I have one that I've been saving. But first, I want where are some of the teams you think are going to surprise? All right, thanks for just throwing it on me. Uh, Colorado, they're ranked 20th in the preseason poll. Or, sorry, 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 Colorado Boulder is 20th in the preseason poll. Um, and they have some two really good guys, William Torres and William Harris. This is a very old team. Um, so I think this they're kind of giving it one or two more last runs. I mean, obviously, they're not going to get past the mountaintop. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I think Colorado's going to surprise some people just because their coach isn't really not active, but just doesn't say much. So, you know, when you hear Colorado Boulders doing well, you're like, oh, well, surprise. Uh, but they're definitely a talented team. Another team I would look at is uh, is probably Kansas. Kansas, yeah. Kansas has a great amount of depth and incredible amount of youth talent, um, despite their bottom three players. Uh, on their starting lineup being seniors. At, but they have a lot of freshmen. Um, and I think with the, just all the depth they have, they're really going to surprise some people because they don't really have a main star. And that's just going to lead them to uh, a lot of success because in a the year, they're going to be really talented. Yeah. I want to, before I say who it is, take a guess of who I, you want to take a guess of who you think it is or who you think I'm going to talk about? USC. No. Not even close. I'm going to go Texas Tech. And the reason being, one, besides this Michigan game, they don't play anybody for a pretty long time. They have one of the easiest schedules. William Hansen is quietly a really good handling. Handling is quietly going to be a really good freshman. They're... I would say a really balanced team. Their stars are going to be good enough to where they'll potentially win 20-something games. And maybe they probably won't make any noise in the tournament, but they'll probably make it in. And it's probably a team you wouldn't expect it. Because even when I did this, the national tournament sim, one of the things I made sure to do was look at some of the teams I knew weren't going to be playing anybody. And when I looked at it, I kind of looked at Texas Tech roster, and I was like, hold, hold up. This may actually be a really solid team. Yeah, Al Random's done a really good job. Uh, I mean, he hasn't gone for any big recruits besides Christian Jones, and he was pretty close on Christian, um, the panel said. Uh, but, yeah, I think what he's done is just build silently, and uh, it's really t- turned out to be a good base where he's going to be able to go for some of these top-level recruits and really get them because he has the winning pedigree, and he has the talent right now. The other team to look at would be Arkansas because another team, they don't really play. But they're going to be solid. And they're going to be solid for a while because Clinton Wilson is a sophomore. He's not allowed to progress. Tommy Reddick's a freshman that we noted. And he still has a long way to go to get better. And he has his time. And so those two players, even if it's not this season, Arkansas is going to be good for a while. I guess the other team, because this is another team I kind of pointed at was Pitt, just because who is Pitt playing? Who is Pitt exactly? Well, yeah, I mean, Pitt's not playing anybody, and so they'll have the potential to maybe sneak into the tournament. 
I'm looking at more teams that you probably don't think would make the tournament, but actually can. And so they may just get enough wins to where it's going to be hard to leave them. It's really hard to leave. I'm, in my opinion, it's going to be hard to leave a 22, like we said, during the conference tournament. It's hard to leave out a 21-22 win team, even if they don't play the strongest turn for schedule. I mean, yeah, I think you can really pick any of these SEC teams. Be like, hey, they can win 22 games. Because, yeah, I will admit, the SEC is making some good uh, some good uh, drives. Progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're nowhere near other levels of competition right now. Um, but I think in a few years they'll actually be decent, probably still fit. But, Do we know, have any more decent. questions? Yeah, send in the questions for Camilla Tobias. Because, exactly, there's only so much we can talk about. Do, 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 do. Dude, any, any thoughts, thoughts on the Kobe Gagman recruiting contest? Uh, well, I have a thought. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. All right, exactly. Next question: Why is Lester so good? I don't know. He should have won Player of the Year. So. Yeah, he should have won. Is he or him or what is it? Mark? I should have won. Alex, I had to give. I voted for Lester personally. Like, I wouldn't have been mad if he. I voted Mark Morris. I voted Lester simply because of Lester. I thought I th- I'm pretty sure I have better stats on a better team. Um, I voted Mark Morris because I thought he was more valuable. I thought Mark Moore, Lester Stern with Nording without Lester Stern would probably do better than Georgia Tech without Mark Morris or Matt. Did I get the name right? Something Morris. I feel like I can't win a pitch on like education. Creighton's shit for education, right? So I just take out like five education. Can't get that recruit, so I don't try for it. Four education, very rarely can get a recruit with four education. So I get rid of that. And it leaves me with a list of recruits that's depleted. And then I go after essentially people that I feel like can help my system replace the players that I need to replace. Like this year, I'm going to lose Lamar Cook. So I need to get a point guard at this next recruiting session if I want to stay competitive in the league so i essentially look what am i losing and what do i feel fairly confident that i'm going to be able to get and i put those two together and i get recruits you know, it also doesn't help that i'm usually recruit like two days after it starts and so people have already gotten the good players so i just look over who hasn't gotten picked you know that's pretty uh that's actually a pretty good strategy when i uh, i usually do one or two things you know i'll sort by some of my best values and also look you know like i can't pitch loyalty that well Sadly, uh, yeah, but uh, I, I just right out guys with one loyalty. Uh, another thing I do is I take my team, which is ranked fifth in returning talent, and won twenty five games the year before, and I go, "Hey, there's a five in educate and winning big man. I'm gonna go after him." And I, I focus all I can on this five and winning big man, and uh, and then uh, he goes to a fifty fourth ranked in returning talent team that won seven and twenty three the year before. Uh, so yeah, that's that. Uh, I mean, if I had more scholarships this last season, this last recruiting session, that's what I would have done because we had our top nine of our top scores returned. Like, I can't tell recruits that we're not going to win because that's just lying to them. Like, yeah, well, we have enough of our, yeah. we would have had enough of our players back to say, like, mm-hmm. we are going to be competitive. 
But unfortunately, I couldn't do that, so I had to focus mainly on walk-ons because I have my eight scholarship players return. Yeah, you uh, kind of annoyed me while the walk that you offered that I also had. Yeah, great job, Gagman. Breaking news, Camilla mad at recruiting tactics. Where have yes. we seen this before? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But one of the things that I've done and I really like is that one of the best things is just put out a lot of offers. Because, for example, Arthur Walker, one of the things I got Arthur Walker is that I had a offer for him. And so it's really more of that if you have a lot of offers out, one, you're kind of beating the pitch TBAs. And two, one thing that helped me is that it's also a lot easier to find targets. I I don't That's, agree with that. I know. I don't like. I, I get. Know. I get the premise of it, but it's just in my mind having twenty twenty is an exaggeration. But having yeah. twenty pitches out for players is going to be too much because you're not going to be able to focus on which ones you yes. want more. So I prioritize I've a, like. I've learned that the, too. Yeah, these three players well. are the players I want the most. So those are the players I'm going to spend the most time on. And then I hear, like, this player yeah. didn't commit to me. And so I submit another pitch to my fourth best player. I essentially go in waves of what I need. Yeah. yeah. I normally go more of – I have a couple guys that – obviously one of the people I talked a lot about is that Ty Virgil. And so one of the things – not two years ago. Two years ago was my best class. And the reason why I had that best class is because I had offers like, okay, this school offered this guy. Now I know, okay, I can't go after you. Now I'm going to go with my other guy on my board. I was able to really mix, mix and match with who's offering and what I can do because I don't have the winning success, so I can't really offer winning as much. But campus life, I can pitch. I'm at USC. I can pitch campus life, and I can pitch pro potential. And yeah. so I'm able to use that. And I mean, I guess like many pitches for a school like Creighton, especially with as weak as education was, and even three years ago, prestige wasn't there. Pro potential still really isn't here. Putting deal like if I got more people to commit than I had room for on my roster, losing that loyalty was something that would break my back because yeah. then I have essentially nothing to pitch off of. There's no one, yeah. practically no one that comes from Nebraska that's a high level recruit. Lamar Cook, so I, Lamar Cook, and Lamar. that class also had Tony Walker. Those are the two exceptions over the past three, four. And then Kansas had somebody, but that man went into Duke out of all school. Yeah, I mean, it's hard in the Midwest to pitch location because not a lot of recruits pitch for the Midwest. Or if they're here, they don't really favor location that much. Or at least that's what I've learned. Yeah. The only thing I've noticed is that. Like, come on. Camilla just cut out and made a joke to himself. So I don't even know what he just said. I didn't even hear that. Guys, I have some breaking Camilla news. I have heard that he is reportedly snaking to the ACC from anonymous sources. What do you say to these rumors, Camilla? What I say about these rumors is that, you know what? I've been rumored to, yeah. He, he just cut out and then said yes. That means he is <laughs> actually coming to the, back to the ACC. He's going to take away for it. Yeah, I don't think the ACC wants me back. I have some news to break right fast. I don't think the ACC wants me back. So... Um, 
I have some news to break, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, I think in the, in the coaching challenge between myself and uh, Coach Kobe at University of Nebraska, I would beat him to pitch. All right, that's not really breaking news. Are we just okay. saying I, I mean, like, yeah, I was, told, I was told by people that I had to announce that on the podcast, and so I just wanted to cement that in history. Breaking news, Arizona State lost their first game. Wow. Yo, Blake is very impressed out there. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Blake. Hello. Yo, I bet Blake could coach better than you at uh, Wake Forest. I got him. Hey. I have the only winning season at Wake Forest. You're also like the only Wake Forest coach. I mean, that's like, hey. There was Rawls. Yeah, Rawls coached Wake Forest for what? Three days? That's like when Lum claims he's the Memphis coach. It's like, cool. I was there for three. Yeah, I was only there for three seasons. And what frustrated me most is that we got knocked out by the last year that North Carolina made the tournament. Yeah. That was perfect. I actually have a question for Gagman. What's up? All right, I'm going to make this up as I go along because I didn't really have a question. But uh, so, uh, 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 all right. So when you, when you play in the PCC, you obviously uh, know you're going to be a challenge with top-level competition from top to bottom outside That's of BYU. Uh, outside of BYU. Outside of uh, uh, Nevada, Las Vegas. Outside of UNLV. um UNLV, BYU, USC. So just those three bottom teams in the PCC. Um, but yeah, going off of that, uh, looking at your division in the PCC, obviously the, the you got Colorado State, you have Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State. I mean, obviously you're dealing with tough teams. Like you can realistically be the sixth best team in your in your division. Oh just by- yeah, and. That's happened to me at least – I've done like eight, uh, eight simulations that happened to me at least twice. I've been as high as first. I've been as low as sixth. Yeah. I'm looking at a sim right now where you, you've, you turn yeah. out to be sixth. Col- Colorado Boulder is number one. That just shows you, yeah. you know, the, the pre- pure depth. When you're dealing with a comp- – oh, by the way, uh, USC is eighth in the PCC in the sim. But anyway, yeah, I've <laughs> said that too. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah, just a little bit of a tad bit. But uh, anyway, yeah, when you're dealing with that such level of competition, does it is it harder for you? Do you feel when you're scheduling at a conference to not schedule as hard? Do you schedule harder um, at a conference so that you'll have key wins in case you don't do so well in the PCC, or do you schedule easy outside of conference so you'll have those wins on your resume before you go to uh, before you go into conference play? Um, there, there are two ways to answer this. Uh, my, my current schedule for the 2025 season does not reflect uh, me scheduling easy. It is extremely hard. I have had a losing record out of conference multiple times in multiple Oh, sims. I've been there. I've been there. Yeah, because I play, I play you. I play a team. I play Kentucky. Uh, let me pull up my schedule. I'm not prepared. I apologize. Oh I yeah, play, no. well, Kentucky. Well, yeah, I play, well, yeah, we're not prepared either. I play well, Wisconsin. I play uh, Connecticut, Michigan, uh, you know, Kentucky. You know, a lot Kentucky, of these really Kentucky's, tough schools. Kentucky's a free win, though. So I mean, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of teams that I didn't think would be as good that have gotten better than what I expected. What I like to do, I'm a Creighton fan in real life. 
go Blue Jays, like stuff like that. Um, so what I like to do is I like to go after teams that regionally we would play. So Wisconsin, we have played for the past season or so every so often. I schedule them. I hate Wichita State, so I schedule them. I hate Nebraska. Go Shockers. We win. So, I mean, I hate you. Uh, I scheduled Nebraska because I hate them. I schedule Iowa because when all the Holloway was there, we made a rivalry game out of it. And so I'll schedule these teams out of tradition. I'll schedule other teams because I can finally get their attention. I can get the attention of someone like Tommy at Michigan because I've proven that Creighton is at least a challenge and can be a good quality win for a team like that. I can get, say, you at Connecticut because I have enough of that pedigree. So it's really, I'm Missouri. just trying. Wait, you also scheduled Missouri. I, I wanted, why did you schedule Missouri and Notre Dame? Notre like, Dame's Notre... closer though. Missouri's closer. Yeah. It's the Midwest. They're all like jumbled together. Yeah. It's like alphabet yeah. soup. I get right. that. I get that too, because y'all don't have it close to y'all. So it at least gives the fans something to, hey, we can actually go travel to a game. Well, I mean, yeah. when you're at Creighton, your fans travel to go see wins. When you're at USC your fan, and Kentucky, your fans travel to see losses. I mean, there's just yeah, a, you know, it's just a... They're doing homework. Yeah, I mean, if people from Lexington want to come up to Creighton and watch a loss there, I'd be, uh, I'd be fine with that. People from Lexington in the NCBCA era just go anywhere to see a loss, especially... <laughs> well, they can go to Rupp Arena to see them lose to UConn if they want. Kyle's mad at me. I'm with Kyle Madden. Let's remember the day that, you, went, that Wake Forest went beat, once beat Kentucky. Barstool so Reads. Let's remember that. But I, have a, I have another question. Or what yo, is it? Yo, Tommy, after that, after you upset me, did you win the big? I don't remember that. I don't remember that at all. But I do oh. have another question. Storm. All right, sorry. Storm just uh, storm with the ultimate oof. All right, anyway, keep going. Oh, I need to see the ultimate oof. Ooh. Ooh, that, that hurts. That hurts. Rest in peace, Michigan. That hurt. I actually like the fat five. But I have a question for Gagnon. What's up? And so I've noticed that a lot of teams like to build their roster certain ways. For example, Memphis has notoriously been a smaller team, at least how I've seen Memphis build their teams. And so how how you like your roster? What kind of your set of your roster? Do you like it more balanced? Do you like to go top heavy? Do you like bigs? Do you like to have a lot of bigs or do you like to have a small <coughs> roster? What is your kind of ideal roster setup? I like the point guards are nice because usually a point guard's fast, they can they can pass, get open spaces. Uh a a forward uh, forward center combo is also something that I I could have two of those and then really the three spot doesn't matter to me right now I have Robert Foss who uh, can go in like you both said basically do whatever I need him to do but something that I focus on primarily uh, I feel like shooting is something that can really bug teams I get how a good defense can shut down a good offense, but an unbeatable offense. And so what I like to go for primarily three-point shooting, spacing the floor as much as I can, getting as much open looks as I can, just really making the best shooting team as possible so as to bug a lot of teams. That was actually noticeable because you were second in the NCBC last year, you know, like 50. 
The second what now? You were second in three-point percentage. Yeah, so, yeah, and you can see that, like, I keep a little directory of my players. Um, I have Lamar Cook has a 100 in dunks, three fro- uh, free throws, excuse me, two-pointers, three-pointers. John Johnson led the league last year in uh, three-point shooting at, like, 61%, and he's at 100 for three-point shooting. see that a lot of my players, even forwards, have – 70s, 80s, 90s, and even a couple 100s and three-point shooting. So you can see really that my philosophy of shooting reflects the team roster that I build. Any final questions for Creighton? Uh, yeah, I have one. How could you do it to me when you caused me to lose another NT game that made me cry? And uh, I, I sent- told you, I went... I went up to you, I PM'd you, and I said, I highly doubt I'm going to be able to beat you because I had not had a sim where I beat you. Like, <laughs> this is weird like that. Yeah, it's like, I don't know how I beat you. I did. I mean, you're the better team. I actually know you didn't. I had a better team. But you I mean, did. When would I win? Why, when would I win an NT game or an NZCFL game when I have the better team? Ooh, I got a question. Uh, points? Do you think you'll beat Nebraska by this season? I think uh, it's it's safe to say double digits. It's very safe to say double digits. Um, I'm gonna go thirty-five. I'm I'm gonna go twenty-seven. I'm gonna I'm gonna go twenty-five. I feel like I feel like Kobe has like a team that he'll be able to put on the floor. I think the Cornhuskers will mistake football football with basketball and they'll put out the football players and we'll just run past them get a personal foul or two they're not they're not going to know how to play basketball and it's just going to be good that way is Kamala eating? Question. I don't know what's yes. going on yes it's that pizza how are you eating pizza with a plate the pizza is on a plate that's sad that's sad but Final question: What is your reasonable expectations for expectations for this year? Because I had you sixth in the PCC, sixth overall in the PCC. Yeah, that that's not, probably not six. I had fifth. I had fifth. I had you over Arizona prob- State. I mean, it I could be anywhere. Before. I don't really. Just in the in the Mountain Division or the North or whatever it's officially called. I'm it's the mountain I'm pretty sure I would be I'd be content with anything like six or above just because of how deep the uh the division is overall if we don't have a top hell if we don't have like a top top half finish I'm not going to be happy but I know how tough the PCC is going to be this year and so really I feel comfortable finishing anywhere six to one in the PCC Mountain Division. My expectation, I'd say probably fourth or third. If I had to bet money, it would be fourth or third. Kobe, stop telling him to eat the crust. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Uh, shout out Kobe, uh, second best coach in the state of Nebraska. 
Dude, he's not even the second best coach. Me at I mean, Wichita State is a better coach in Nebraska than him. <laughs> you could good point. Good point. Um I just want to announce that the Nebraska Creighton game, also another breaking news, is not a rivalry game anymore. It's a hate game because I hate the University of Nebraska and I want to obliterate Kobe. Well, here's the deal. For it to be a rivalry, it kind of has to be competitive games. That's why I don't play Kentucky on rivalry week because we never have close games. <laughs> well, that was good. But, yeah. What do you think Kobe's loyalty rating will be, ranking will be after the cuts he will have to make? It'll be bad. It's already bad now. It'll just be bad yeah. more. Isn't, isn't that all this walk-on, though? Or is he I mean, essentially, like, I was pitching people, and what I would see – in like three star pitches was walk on and then parentheses possibly upgraded the scholarship. It's like you're that's not gonna that's not gonna work because then he's gonna offer like fifteen people a scholarship and he's gonna have to tell seven of them no. And his loyalty is gonna tank further than it is. I mean, when you have bad loyalty, what is the incentive to get it up? If I mean, the incentive is success, which would make sense why Kobe isn't trying. <laughs> but it's 11.30, so we need to keep moving. So. Oh, man, actually, yeah, 11.30. I have a quick comment. What's up? Uh, not towards you, just in general. I think we yeah. have missed an underrated player in uh, the whole talk for player of the year. I think, realistically... Eddie Seaman has a wonderful shot at player of the year at Nebraska. You know what? If another player from a team that's absolutely trash wins it, he doesn't just give up on player of the year. But that, but first, thanks, Gagman, for the interview. That was actually really fun. All right. I'm glad that I could be entertaining for you all. And now that actually moves to the next topic, which was award predictions in All-American. Because I did have an all-American list. I mean, unfortunately, it's not official because I'm not that important. Yeah. But for player of the year, I have Howard Ruiz. One, I did this before progressions came out, so I didn't know how good a lot of these going to be. Second of all, he had a really good season at Memphis last year. And you're going to have the argument of best, maybe best player on best team. That's also had Michael Time on that list. So who do you think is going to win player of the year? And who do you think I didn't put – I left out on the other – or some people that really need to be put out for player of the year? Uh, player of the year is going to be uh, Mikel Tyne Memphis. Yeah. When was I mean, the last – what is it? Did Zion Harmon win when he came? No, actually, I'm going to do a smarter pick. I don't think a number – a number one recruit – or wins player of the year. I'm doing Chris. I'm going actually for Chris Atwood. Like, actually. I like that. I think Chris Atwood's the most talented player, like, through and through. So, I'm going like to pick that. him. Freshman of the year. I had Brooklyn Vic. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tyne on that one. That's or, Nig- or Nigel James. Yeah, I had not. It was me. It was between Brooklyn Vic and Nigel. Of the points, he's going to be able to have. It's assistance, and I think Georgetown is going to make the tournament. Duke has too much. Duke, 
Duke has it's, too much just simply. That's why I didn't put Memphis. Yeah. That's why I didn't put time because he's not going to be able to get the stats. Duke and, Duke and Memphis have that yeah. issue. Yeah, because I said it last year. Objectively, I honestly think LeBron James was player of the year last year. By statistics, it was it belonged to Jane Nicholson. And then coach of the year, I have Lord Firebeard for coach of the year. Uh, uh, At Cal. I think Cal, I have Cal making the final four. Uh, uh, my coach of the year is um, not Kyle. Well, you know, he can't even beat UConn. How can he beat the competition for coach of the year? Uh, well, you know, I think coach of the year is going to come down to whoever I think of first while I do this run-on sentence right now. I think coach of the year is going to be... Uh, actually, you know what? I think Lord Firebeard's a good pick. Actually, underrated pick is going to be uh, YK. Because think of how, how, how many players Notre Dame lost last mm-hmm. year and how they've been able to get right back to where – not to where they were because a 29 and one season, very hard to replicate. Yeah. Um, I'm just but, saying, yeah. if he didn't win it in the 29-1 season, I don't think he's – that's just – I about, guess I have the cookie crumbles. I have also – what is it? What about one. Yo, there's batteries in my nose right now. But anyway, what, what? about Timmy? So yeah. Timmy Timmy is an interesting pick, but I just don't think Boston College is going to be that good. Plus, when you look at the yeah. team that he's playing at home, it's, it's like it's like Eddie Seaman and Nebraska could get like some of these wins. Like, Jesus. like There's going to be a lot of fake news wins uh, on Boston College's resume. Yeah, but I did have Mike Taylor, Mike Taylor at the freshman of the year because he is he could potentially lead in assist. Also, Boston media seems to love Mike Taylor. That's yeah, the, that's, yeah, that's the only thing I ever hear Timmy talk about. Yeah, Kyle, you can't even sniff the, a shot at the Coach of the Year award. All right, buddy? So don't talk about me sniffing stuff. And so all American, then the other thing I'm going to click move American. I think I'm. For people in the this could be podcast or YouTube can answer this. Is there any players you think I missed in that I didn't put in that All American list? Because again, I did this before progressions. Did you give an All American list? Because I don't remember you giving. It. Yeah, I made a first team, second team, third team, and all. Yeah, but I don't think you said them out loud. No. First team All American. <laughs> first team, I had Joshua Major from. I had. Aiden Mahaney from Oregon, Howard Neff from California. I didn't see him progressing backwards. Jerome Stills from Indiana and Howard Reed from Memphis. Second team, Ross McGinnis from NC State, Brooklyn Vic from Duke, Michael Time from Memphis, John Stahl from Gonzaga, Cameron Waits from Texas. Third team, Nate Sasser from Miami, Cameron Dodge from Texas, Keenan Carlisle from Georgia Tech, Winnie Perlada from Missouri, and Roy Fielder from Indiana. And all freshmen was Broken Vic, Nigel James, Michael Pine, Xavier Bowman, and Fred Hart. Yeah, fuck Fred Hart. But um, I don't really have All-American lists. I think after the first half, you'll be able to see based on PER. Yeah. And, uh, based on how their teams are doing. But, I mean, apparently, we can vote Robert Lyles player of the year. So what is going on with the rest of this league? Yeah. That's yeah. Basically my I, had a, I had Xavier Bowman for what is it? Freshman of the year. Kendrick Dozier. <clears throat> I thought about Kendrick Dozier, but there's just a lot of guards. If I had to put Kendra Dolier, then I had to talk about Christian Jones. I'd have there's there'd be too many players I'd have to put. 
if I continue to do it, because he's kind of in that kind of thing. And so we're going to go conference previews. And so go really quickly and tell me what conference you want me to talk about. So I have 20 seconds. Do, 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 batteries in my nose. Do, 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 do. Talking about the SEC, Kyle. No one cares. Yeah, we're not doing the SEC first. Yo, these batteries in my nose are crazy, bro. Uh, okay. I think the general consensus. The ACC. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the order. So, yeah, that ended up being the order anyway. And so, <laughs> who is this? Why did, why did Kobe pick a <laughs> bias to be a head coach? What? It's Len Bias. Len Bias. Oh my god. I can't tell if he's being disrespectful or just like, I don't think what. What? 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 Len, that's, no, that's not right. Kobe. There's nothing right about that. Kobe, do you even know who Len Bias is? Wow. That's not right. <laughs> I'm going to need you to take a walk, Kobe. <laughs> we'll take a walk. He averaged 35 points a game in one season. He's dead. He's dead, Kobe. He's, He's one of the most dead. tragic stories in basketball history. He's dead, Kobe. Wade Boggs is the GOAT. This is ABS. You know what? Ew, he probably would have died in the ABS. Unfortunately, <laughs> there's not, you weren't going to stop the cocaine <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, discussion. Who is your head coach? Len Bias. Pretty much the best player of all time. Hey, don't speak bad about Len Bias. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm not laughing. I'm just laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing you know at, out of context. You know what, Gagman? Len Bias would probably be a better D. Ted so, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> honestly, Kobe's probably a better physical head. Man, I hate that. But back to ACC power rank. Oh, we're doing power rankings. God, we're going in uh, depth with it. You can do that one. I'm not uh, feeling like it. We. What do you want to do for ACC? Do you want to just talk about ACC? Oh, I was pretty much just going to pick a random team out of a hat uh, for oh. the ACC. Because that's yeah. basically how competitive it is. Yeah, it is a really competitive. Some of the, okay, some of these conferences were... Was a, I had the winner being Duke just because the top in town was going to be too hard. And it's the Final Four team. They brought back a lot of their, te- their teams. So that was just going to be a hard team to pick against. Yeah. Okay. I actually put Syracuse over Miami, though, in my power rankings. Just because I felt like Syracuse. I said I didn't, I wasn't comfortable putting Syracuse over Miami. It's just I felt like Syracuse ended up playing better than Miami because Syracuse is in the ACC head and shoulders above everyone else. Miami's uh, kind of mixed up in the piece in the ACC South. I'm about to uh, hit the hay. 
So real quick, gonna go a little off topic and just straight up list my conference champions. Um, before I go off and let Camilla spread bias across this whole week, uh, ACC, I'm gonna go a little out of uh, nowhere and pick Clemson. Uh, just not because I think they're the best team, but because I think they will be the best team in the tournament. Uh, looking at the Big North, I think it's Michigan or Indiana's to lose. Um, they're very close, but I'm gonna pick Indiana. Uh, they usually get the the job done. SEC, Arkansas, no question. PCC. Um, PCC, I'm going to go Colorado State. Uh, they just have the talent. Or, you know what? I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Cal. I think Cal, this is the year Cal branches out and makes some real noise in the uh, PCC. And then for the MWC, Texas does not get the best of Memphis this year, and Texas wins it all. So, yeah, this is uh, – I'm signing off. Um, let it be known that Len Bias should not be the head basketball coach of any establishment <laughs> or outside. Uh, and uh, Eddie Seaman for Player of the Year. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ethan, and now I'm alone. Oh, hello, people. But – all right, that was funny. Breaking news, Wisconsin beat Miami. Why? Because I'm a Georgia Tech fan that's better that we Miami in the most unbelievable and frustrating fashion possible. But for the number one team, because I did think, is that number one I had was Duke. I already talked about Duke. Number two, I had Georgia Tech. And I really, really wanted to put what is it? Georgia Tech over Duke. The thing is, when you lose someone that good, it is, I don't feel like you, in my opinion, earned the benefit of the doubt. Even though Georgia has a really good record, that's why I kept them at number two and not move them over Miami and Syracuse. But when you lose Mark Morris, that's going to be good. But Kane and Carlisle is probably going to be better than last season. They've retained a lot of their roster. Even when you look at Georgia Tech, that's probably the best thing about them, that they retain a lot of their roster. Carlisle is a potential really good player. He could potentially be like a top five pick. Daryl Johnson's going to be really good. Charles Jackson's really good. They have a lot of experience. And so that's what kept me putting them farther than two. But I just feel like Duke's the better team. At three, I already talked about Syracuse. I already talked about Miami. Five, I had Clemson. And I mentioned this restaurant, Ray Grant, because when you look at the Clemson roster, it is very much a big roster. It is, let me pull up Clemson real quick. They don't have the shooting off of the bench that you would really want out of a top team. They're going to be able to bang with boards on anybody. They have a balanced starting lineup. And they won't be able to sub bench guys in. I like Robert Ibarra. Jarrell Meeks, unfortunately, did not progress. He's maybe a bust. And so, sorry for Clemson on that one. But Clemson has a nice roster. And they could potentially fall anywhere from round of 32 to final four. I don't see this team be able to win a national championship. But I definitely can see them going far. What is it? The team I had six is Notre Dame. I don't even say this. Sorry for anyone else, but 
one through five are the real contenders for the ACC title. Six through like nine and ten are they can potentially upset some people, but I don't think they're going to win the ACC. Sorry, Notre Dame, but will you bring in that many guys? Obviously, Miami won it last year with a bunch of five stars. You got a lot of four stars, quality players, and so. Are y'all going to win 29 games? No. Y'all probably going to end up winning like 23, something like that. Edward White is really underrated as much as Kane. And Sabian, you the luck out about Sabian Kane right there. That that was a lucky-ass progression. Plus 20. Is so the Notre Dame going to be good but not great? What is it? Who have number seven? North Carolina State? It's kind of... All in on the wolf pack. It's all in on the wolf pack. It's either y'all win this year or y'all ain't gonna have nothing because everyone leaves. Everyone's gonna be gone. That's any good for the wolf pack next season. And so they may be playing with a bit of an edge. We all know it's really hard to win. And so they may upset some people that have a really memorable season. Ross McGinnis, I mentioned as a, as what is it? Not player of the year, but I had him second on the All American list. I really like Ross McGinnis. I feel like he can have a really great season. But after that, I don't see North Carolina State making it very far. The next team I had was Boston College. And the reason why I like Boston College is because they just have a lot of guys you can plug in. Now, Mike Tyler absolutely loves Boston College, including the media, because what the hell is that? Nothing? Nothing? Okay. But Mike Taylor is probably going to lead the league in this. And he had a ridiculous amount of assists in school, and that's getting a lot of people excited. He's a 90 in passing, but first of all, they got to cut somebody. And so Boston College is not going to be as good because they have to cut prime scorer Michael Jarrell Milo, the 27 overall stud from West Springfield, Massachusetts. Are you in the ACC, Tommy? Are you in the ACC? You are not. Wait your turn. But Marvin Gallows is probably going to sneak into the tournament. I don't think they're going to do anything in the tournament. Not going to be someone to really keep your eye on. But this is a, a team on the younger side. They have the potential to be a team to talk about next season. But for now, enjoy just being in the tournament. There's a lot better than some other teams. What is that noise? Is that is that Tommy? What part of waiting your turn do you not understand? Virginia Tech, and the reason why I had Virginia Tech start is because I didn't see Daniel Rotella being this good. And so, do y'all not hear these noises? I hear this. I don't think Rotella's going to get a triple-double, but Rotella is a really solid player. It was a really nice find. Tommy, shut the fuck up. Turn off your mic. Jesus Christ. 
Oh my god. Alright, back to bed. <laughs> that was hilarious. Thank you, Ethan. But Nathan Silvers, I do like Nathan Silvers. I feel like he could be one of the top 10 in the ACC for points scored. Because he is going to be able to score in a lot of different fashions. That's going to be key for Virginia Tech. Is because they don't, they're not going to score at many points. They're not going to be one of the biggest point scorers. And they're not going to be able to get as many rebounds. So they need to get the points that they can. So with that being said, are they going to make the tournament? I have them on the bubble. We, I can discuss bubble teams later if y'all want. But I just have them on this. They can't. I honestly, if I made a bubble team, they're probably on the deep bubble. And the team I actually think they make get in is the Pitt Panthers. And why do I have Pitt? Because I like Robert Wheely. I like Robert Mobley. This is an older team with a lot of experience. They don't have a lot of guys. But I feel like they'll be good enough to sneak in and maybe upset two or three teams. Kansas is, you have some time. You, you can go grab a drink and come back in like 20, 30 minutes because I probably still wouldn't have reached Kansas by then. You're, you're at the end. So you're good. But I feel like Pitt is going to be one of the, those other teams. They'll be able to dominate the boards, get a lot more other boards that a lot of teams couldn't. They'll be able to control time of possession. and. I just feel like there's one of those teams you're not going to sleep on. I'm not going to look at the Florida State North Carolina rosters because they're not good enough. But Florida State's going to be a long year for Florida State. It's not going to be something to write home about because there's not much on the Florida State roster. I mean, John Eli is good. Nebar is good. Blackman's decent. But there isn't... You're not going to get a lot of boards. It's not going to be very fun. Clay Parker dropped his potential. And so it's going to be a long... So buckle in, probably some drinks, and pray to God that Florida State football has not fallen to earth in 2025. North Carolina is going to be the same thing. But one good thing is that Dustin Henry is going to absolutely torch everyone else because there's, he has no help on this roster. But I honestly, I don't like how North Carolina built their roster just because when you want to rebuild, you, you want to get young guys for the future. But they have, but their young guys, besides Paul folks, aren't really much to write home about. You, you don't really have anything to look forward to in young potential prospects for the future. And that's kind of key to have when you're a young rebuilding team. Because that's what you need. You need guys who you can say, okay, you may not be good here, but you're going to be able to learn and be able to build for the future. And they don't kind of have that. Virginia, they added a lot of guys, but none of them are actually any good. So this is kind of all in for vain. Carolina went for those kind of guys. They just lost on them. I thought they went for like a lot of five stars. And that's what I did. What is it? When I... My second year, was it, it my first or, it was my first year at USC. The one thing I remember going to USC is that I got stars and just happened to luck out that the one four star I got happened to be James Ortega. But 
I don't. They went from, yeah, but from what I remember was Bryce posting. I don't remember him. That. I just remember him. Nagoba. I remember another five star. He actually, I don't even know if he went after a lot. Of Virginia. Virginia has a lot of guys, but none of them are actually able to do anything. And so it looks good. They'll probably upset somebody. But James Mills is going to be good. And Isaiah McDonald is good. I actually like that. They have a lot of players. Were they going to be good this year? No. But next year, in two years, we can have a how about this? In two years, we can have a discussion about Virginia. We can talk about Virginia and where they can sit up future. But that's maybe how you should build a roster. Just grab a lot of guys and see who progresses and who doesn't. It's, a, it's an interesting strategy. Then, what is it? Does he, is he going by extra now? I think he's going by extra. I, I'm, a, I'm using Bill Mill string. Spoiler, Virginia Tech is Clemson. I already talked. But now, what Tommy's been waiting for so he can go to Tommy. Tommy, we finally talked about Michigan. I had Michigan as my national runner-up. You're going to be below Virginia Tech. Yeah. We're, we're talking about the Big North now. We're going in order, people. It's ACC, Big North, SEC, PCC, Mountain West. So if you're a Mountain West Coast coach, you can probably grab a pillow. Grab a pillow, grab a drink. If you have a girlfriend, go talk about a girl. Go get your girlfriend. Where does one bias to win all of this? He's with Nebraska. Dead. But the one thing I do like about Michigan, and that's I don't like about a little bit other rosters, is that, yes, they are bigger. But they they have enough guard play to where their bigs will not be a liability out on the fast break. They won't have that kind of problem. Because that's what Stanford won with one last season. They had obviously Jamal Bouchard was the big bit was the big guy. He was the star of the show with what is it, Wide Street. But that's what I like about the it's kind of the same thing, except for their star guy is Kendrick Dozier, who's not as good as Jamal Bouchard, but is good enough. The one they're also not going to lose that many guys in the season, and so maybe this is not the year that Michigan does really well. But next year, maybe the year they win it all, if they can get what is it? Do they have the space to get the guy from Flint, Michigan? I don't know if they have the space to get him on a scholarship because they even need to have two. You have two scholarships? But do you have, he has a one location. Oops. Never mind. But I do like Michigan. I feel like they'll be good. I, I say, I'm repeating myself, so let me say something different. Defensive-wise, I don't think they're going to be a lot. I think their defense is by looking at ratings, a little bit of a concern. But they're going to be able to score enough points, and they're going to be good enough on defense where it's not going to matter. Second I have is Indiana. And what is it? Indiana, Indiana, I have them in the Elite Eight. The reason being is that not that I don't 
But bigger rosters just don't tend to do well. California defeated Colorado State in the championship game. You know what? I'd be for that. That means I'd get I got California right. That means I was dead on about California being good. But I look like a smart person. And like I know what I'm saying in this podcast. But when you look at Indiana, they're just a bigger team. And that doesn't really bode well for the tournament because in the tournament, it's a lot of high pace. You have a lot of energy going in your body. It's a really stressful situation. And so I guess teams trying to up the tempo. You play a lot of tempo offenses. And I guess that doesn't bode well for Indiana for whatever reason because that just doesn't go well for big men. And also, I find the board battle not to be as important. Oh, it's signing day in the NCCFL, so go check that out. But I just don't see Indiana making the deep tournament run that a lot of people would project them to. The third team we're going to talk about is UConn. And I already talked about UConn a little bit earlier. We did talk about UConn. But I like UConn's roster. I don't love it. It's probably not the most impressive roster when you look at it. But they're a very versatile team. They're going to be able to match. They're going to have a lot of different ways to match up with other rosters. And I feel like that's going to be very important. Because you don't want to have... Be like, I can only beat teams that are big. If you can only beat teams that are big, then you're not going to be able to beat a state Memphis. But you're like, I can only beat small teams. Then when you go play like Clemson or Indiana, it's just not going to work. UConn doesn't really have that problem. We talk about Michigan. What do you want, Tommy? Do you want a whole Michigan past? I mean, we are a big team. Yeah, that is true. And that's probably why y'all crushed them last year. But Travis, but to be good, Travis Upcher is going to have to outperform his 67 ranking. If that doesn't happen, then UConn could probably not be that great. But if he does outperform, they get enough production off the bench, then UConn can have a really special season. At number four, we have. Ohio State, and I really like Ohio State. And I think a lot of people do. First of all, Devin Ross is, he's only a 70. And while you may look at it like, oh, he's only 70, better player. Devin Ross had 11 points, 22-point PER, 87 from the field, from free throw, 45 from the field. He has well-rounded stats. He's not the greatest three-point shooter. which will probably keep him in college for all four seasons. But he's a really good defensive player. He's not going to get beat. He has enough stats all around that makes him one of the better players. I want this to be official. So what do you want to be official? Oh, his last five games. Yeah, if those are your last that'd be great. Let's keep the game against Syracuse closer. And then you'd be good. But Thomas Carr 
But Thomas Cordell, Cordell is going to be really nice to have as a senior because he's probably going to get a big senior boost. You have Michael Denton, who is one of the better rebounders in the Big Ten. Not the Big Ten, the Big North. I'm thinking football. And what is it? I talked about Ben Moulton in that three-point shooters. Exactly. He shoots a lot of threes. And maybe his percentage isn't great, but because he's not going to have the demand as he has at Northwestern, he's going to be able to be a little bit more efficient. And that's going to be really key because efficiency is better than attempts when you're a school like Ohio State. You don't need him to shuck up six shots. If he's shooting about four threes a game and he's making two of them or one and a half, then you're good. Yeah, so I think Ohio State maybe not the team that's going to shock anybody or going to give them a tough outing. But I mentioned Ohio State is not a team you're going to want to face in March because they're going to be able to shoot against anybody. They're going to be able to shoot, and they're going to be able to grab boards. And you have a team that can shoot and grab boards, then you're going to be able to beat somebody. You're going to put somebody on a bad day. And if you get them, if you get Ohio State on a bad day, and you're not having a bad day, I don't like that match for you. Wisconsin, what happened to Kevin Stevenson? You had such a great season, and then you did kind of nothing. Like that—that's probably the weirdest. That's probably the weirdest thing I've ever seen. There's someone you had such a great year to just be a to not really grow as much. I also mentioned Claude Hansen. He wasn't. He didn't really take the progression boost that you kind of wanted if you're Wisconsin. If you're Wisconsin, I don't know how you feel about progression because Nabi Mine is a stud, and hopefully he stays. And that's actually a big pickup. What is it? Franklin White looks he's going to be really good. So that's a plus. But I just don't see this to be the year for the Badgers. I think they can end up being really good. Yeah, I think they could end up shocking some people. I just see them around 21 games that they win. But I feel like next year is going to be kind of the year for the Badgers, if you can catch my drift. Are y'all, are y'all still awake? Now we're just going to talk about the bubble teams real quick. I had Illinois, Purdue, and what is Illinois, Purdue, and what's the other bubble team I had? No, it was just Illinois and Purdue. And honestly, I don't like either of these teams to make the tournament. If I if I had to choose one to make the tournament, I think I'm gonna go Purdue over Illinois. Actually I'm gonna go Illinois over Purdue. Scratch what I just said. Cause while Purdue may have the balanced roster, Illinois has the better player. I don't like either of these teams. I just don't think they're I don't think they're that good. And I don't, and I don't think they're going to be able to get enough wins in big against good competition to actually make the tournament. But if someone, but someone has to, but if someone has to make it out of them. Then it's going to be Illinois. And then you have teams like Michigan State. To it's probably a developmental year. It's not pretty. 
and what is it? The Breslin Center. But it's going to be nice. It's going to be, y'all going to have some fun moments. Y'all probably upset, I don't know, State or Michigan. Y'all, y'all going to get an upset somewhere. No, Tommy says no. They ain't upsetting me. <laughs> Keep, I like the attitude, Tommy. Now we're talking about the SEC. First of all, congratulations to the SEC for at least being watchable this season. Because for the last couple of years, y'all haven't been watchable. This, this is at least... I have something to talk about here. It's not just, oh, they're schools and they play basketball. No, y'all actually are talkable. I like Missouri. I had them in the Elite Eight. I wanted to put them in the Final Four. I actually really want to put Missouri in the Final Four. They play basketball? Yeah, that shocks me too. I really, I really want to put Missouri in the Final Four, but I didn't win a to hear the, oh, why'd you put Missouri in the Final Four, but you didn't put, like, Duke or Michigan in. I'd have to take someone out. And so I, I don't feel like drama. I, it's not worth it for a preseason news. But the one thing I do like about Missouri is that they have a really balanced roster. Not just it's really balanced, but there's not a whole lot you can say, oh, Missouri has a deficiency in this that or the third, because normally you can pick teams that are like elite eight, sweet 16, potential final four teams, you can kind of pick pocket and say, this right here is not why they're making the tournament. This, that, or the third. But you really can't but you really can't say that about Missouri. I mean, is there, their bench doesn't have star power, but it's solid. They have 50s Pretty much all their guys are going to be 50, at worst, a 50 over, 55 overall. Which is, one, if injuries happen, a 55 overall, you can put in. You don't have to worry about them being a liability as such. Hooray, I got Antonio Alfano. Yay, Alabama. But... Whitney Perlata is one of the best players in the country. And his overall may say, but he's a shooter. He's a shooter. He is a scorer. And he can play defense. He has no height. He's not incredibly fast or have great endurance. But he's a solid player. And when you put him on the floor, he is going to impact the game. He's going to have a big impact. Brian Smith is also going to be really good. And Jonathan Hamm. Hamilton. They have an underrated what is it? They have a underrated starting five. The one thing I can say is that they're not the biggest team in the world in terms of starters. And they don't have a lot of big guys in that kind of sense. But I don't see that being that much of an issue. Given that this is 2025, it's a shooter, it's a wing game. Wings are the name of the game. The next team I want to talk about is Kentucky. I have them in the Sweet 16. I'm going to change that. I'm going to put Creighton in the Sweet 16. Kentucky, you're not going to the Sweet 16. I'm sorry. When I wrote this, Kentucky had good progression. Kentucky was getting good progression. Y'all actually got worse. Y'all may have got worse as a team. 
Because Trevor Keels became worse of a player, which is sad because he was a 10th overall guy. And I remember recruiting him to go to Wake Forest. But he's still a really good player. He's still a really good shooter. And that's important. You have Alkiva. Someone tell me how to pronounce Leopold's name. From Leo, actually, hold on. I know how to pronounce this. Leopold Aquivard. Come on, I've heard this. Rossis, your podcast is being recorded. Marked. Yes, I know. I also said Miami wasn't going to get out to Sweet 16, and look how that ended up going. I'm used to being wrong on this. But I'm not actually that big of a fan of Aquaviar anymore. Travis Perry is the truth. Travis Perry is going to have to play really well if you want to make the Sweet 16 or potentially the Elite 8. I'm a four or a bust. Kyle, it's time for you to bust. You're, this, is not, this is not your dad's Kentucky anymore. It, it could be worse. At least you're not Baylor football. I busted up. Oh. Okay, Kyle. Yeah, that, that, that was highly inappropriate right there. Next, let's talk about a team, my dad's favorite basketball team, Georgetown. And man, when you talk about Georgetown, you talk who went to Georgetown over USC, rip me. But I don't like Georgetown. The one, there's two things I like. One is young, so if they don't make the tournament, it's not the end of the world. They're going to return a lot of players. They don't. They lose two starters, but you'll be able to replace two starters pretty easily. Not pretty easily, but it's not the hardest thing in the world. Now that you have a star, you have someone to pitch. You can pitch, hey, I have one of the best point guards in the country. He's a freshman. Come play against a former five-star prospect. That's a selling point right there. But Nigel James is the truth. He is a shooter. He's a not fight down shooter. He can dribble. He can sub the offense, and he's taller. He grew like two. He grew two inches over the off. And so I like Nigel James. I feel like he's good enough for y'all to make the tournament. Are y'all gonna beat anybody? Probably not. But hey, y'all make the y'all made the tournament. That that's something y'all haven't done in a long time. In small victories, you cannot. Climb the mountain at this from the top. You gotta climb from the foundation. Holding hazard right there. Now when you look at Florida, the thing about Florida, it's like how do you put a team that made the tournament with twenty one games that didn't really lose anybody to the bubble is that everyone around them got better. It's not that Florida got any worse. They didn't really add anybody besides Davidson that's gonna be a that's going to push them into that bubble. If I had to put them, they're probably one of the top bubble teams. They're, they could probably make the tournament, but they didn't add anybody. They didn't really add anybody. Diedrich is a stud. They're still young, so they still got time with this core of Diedrich, Larson, and Stamp. But they didn't add anybody, and the rest of the SEC got better, and so you're not going to be able to win based off of the easy SEC games. 
And so they may end up on like an eight seed just because they won another twenty. But should they actually make the tournament? Is a completely different conversation right there. Was it fifth? I had Arkansas, and I had Arkansas actually over Vanderbilt. And when I did this, Vanderbilt was better than Arkansas. I just like Arkansas's roster a little bit more because they're gonna be able to run the pick and roll well. Clinton Wilson, I saw, is just a really good shooter, and that helps. You have Tommy Wright on that roster as well, who can stretch the floor. Maybe not as you would think of stretch. When you really think of stretch, you probably think of stretch the floor, three point shot. He stretches the floor like Tim Duncan stretched the floor. Where, and actually, I'm going to use Lewis Wood. He stretches the floor by setting a pick and popping out from the, not to the three point line, but he'll pop out and hit a mid range jumper. He can hit a mid range jumper, and that's going to be important because now you don't have to keep him on the. the the block. Sure, you're not going to be able to space the floor like you would if you had like a, a Ryan Anderson type of build. But he's going to be good enough to where he can pop open shots. He's not going to be a liability outside of the paint. So I think Arkansas, given their schedule, is going to be good enough to make the tournament. Just because it's going to be hard to leave out a team with as many wins as they have. The next team we're going to talk about, as it is a lot later, is Vanderbilt. Roman Ware is the truth. King Carey, unfortunately, didn't progress that much. So I think Memphis kind of came away with a W right there. Not, like Memphis needed any more W. But when you even look at Vanderbilt, Play. And it's a cut three guys. I mean, it's not the worst cuts in the world, but it's still, you gotta cut three players. They're not very deep on the bench. I just think Roman Wayne and King Carey are gonna be able to do enough. That's gonna put them in the tournament. If actually, I don't see them making the tournament. If they make the tournament, it's gonna be because King Carey and Where took these guys on their back and crawled into the tournament. They want to make it in as like Team 32. If they do make it in. What is it? The last team that I think has a coach is Texas A&M. And when you look at Texas A&M, they're young enough. It's not going to be a fun year, but it's you at least have a respectable roster. Y'all at least are not going to win. Y'all probably going to win more than 10 games. At worst, you probably shouldn't lose to South Carolina again. Well, I say this, you're going to lose to South Carolina again because they have to beat somebody. In the PCZ, I'm going to have a little bit of a rant. How can Stanford be this good yet have four real players? Is that I don't like that. I, that doesn't feel good to me. But my PCC champion... I'm going to stick with Cal. I still like Cal. I like Jack Larson. I still like Ty Virgil. I feel like there's you have options. And that's kind of important. You have options. You have six guys you can realistically start with Virgil, Jones, Harper, Larson, Norton, and Neff. And you can really, you have 
not just options. You can really choose who you want to put in and who you put in because Jack Arthur can stretch the floor, but what is it? John Norton gives you that rebounding presence you need. Howard Neff is kind of the star player. He can do a little bit of everything. John Harper does is a great is not the greatest rebounder, but he can shoot and he gets blocks and steals like crazy. Dallas has a lot of different things to work with. And you have Dela Cruz off the bench, who was an excellent rebounder. Maybe the maybe have the most rebounds off the bench in the country. And then you have Lawrence Mackler, also a good bench big. So you have you're gonna be able to work with stuff. It's not some of the things I see with teams is that they have something that you know exactly what you want to do, and these things have to happen for you to win. With Cal, you have a little more options. You can be a little bit more flexible. With like, okay, instead of going rebound heavy, I have let's put some rebounds on the bench and let's be able to shoot. Or say, let's go all in our rebound and then we can bring the shooting off the bench when people get tired. And so that's and also I just feel like Cal matches up well enough for people to where they can put I see him making the final four. I have Cal in the final four. Do I think they're going to do anything in the final four? Heck no. They're, it's Cal. They'll probably make the final four be a great story and then drop an egg. But at, at least it's something to take off the neck to find that Hanford won a national title in basketball before you did, which is a, is a disgrace for everyone, that we let Stanford win a national championship. Stanford. In basketball, their fans don't even show up to football, and they're good at it. Now you want to expect them to show up to basketball game. And whoever wins it, can y'all at least have your fans show up to the national championship game? Who do I have next? Oregon? I don't know if I have Oregon second in my rankings, but we're going to talk. Even though, what is it? Oregon is not here. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six. The Avs randomly just showed up. Where did you come from? Clemson, where did Clemson come from? He just randomly showed up into the podcast. So, hello, Clemson. How's your day? No warning, no hello, no. But when you look at organs, you have Aiden Mahaney, who I think could potentially put up ridiculous numbers because you don't have to compete with another guard. I said if Henry Reed came off the bench, I like that. Unfortunately, he's not coming off the bench. And so I don't really know what you do there. I mean, Trimley can come off the bench and be fine. But Trimley's skill set, honestly, I like to see more of a starter, a kind of shooter. He's a very big shooter. Reeves, he is a three-point shooter and a and can get boards. Trembley's more of he can shoot all around and get boards. I'd rather have that skill set in my five than Henry Reed. Reed's just a better player. Unfortunately for Orion, they did get good progression, but not progression from the guys who'd really want the progression to happen. And why I say that is Victor Marine didn't regress, but you sometimes at Tyrod, you want your best guys to progress well. And some of the guys deep on your bench really don't have the progression rate. They can kind of get better, but you're not their biggest concerns. Their bench guys 
The guys at the bottom of the roster progress really, really well. The guys at the top, besides Nelson, besides Nelson, they had okay progression, but nothing that a lot to write home about. Oh, you missed you missed the Clemson talk. Sives, that's what you missed. Might be like Oregon have a solid season, but until they can prove that they can stop this, they can stop disappointing their fans in the tournament. I'm not, I'm not comfortable picking Oregon to go anywhere farther than the Sweet Sixteen, especially because they're still big. Colorado State, I like Colorado State. We did. Ethan talked about Chris Atwood, and I haven't really looked at Chris Atwood, but Jesus Christ, did Colorado miss on somebody? Step back is probably kicking himself in the foot. Not kicking himself in the foot, because he gave a really hell of an effort. But that's got to be, that's got to suck. Chris Atwood is all of a sudden a beast. A hundred, a hundred, this man, this man, they go first in a draft. Like, that's how good he is. He's he is like he's like Jesus on the on the hardwood. That that's gonna be his new name. Jesus on the hardwood. He's probably it is like it's like Jesus. Jesus rose up from the dead and now he's playing basketball at Colorado State for I mean if you're Jesus, you can do those kind of things. But again, Colorado State could potentially have the best starting five in the country because that's what they had last year. The thing is, they have a bench that can actually play. So I think Colorado State is another team. I have them in a Sweet 16. But I wouldn't. But some, unlike some of these other Sweet 16 teams, I feel like they're a Sweet 16 team that could win it all. That. I feel like they're going to be a team. They're either going to, they're either going to get knocked out early and be a disappointment, or they're just going to magically find themselves in like the final four or national championship game. I feel like that's one of those kind of teams because outside Chris Atwood, they still got studs. They got talent everywhere. I, Colorado State is a really nice story to have. It's fun to have Colorado State be good in this league because it makes it different than real life. It makes it seem like this is an actual game. Arizona, yeah, Arizona. Y'all, y'all just need a new week. Y'all need a new off-season program. I don't know what y'all are doing with your strength and conditioning, but whoever y'all did off-strength and conditioning needs to be fired immediately. Actually, someone go tell me who does this. We're going to look it up. We're gonna look it up right now. Who is their coach for strength and conditioning for Arizona basketball? Chris Rounds. Chris Rounds. Can we get a hashtag fire rounds going? That is the goal for the podcast. Get hashtag fire rounds going because he needs to be fired. Is that this progression? The progression problems that Arizona has been going on too long. Yes. Don't hear my name. But Arizona is just not a. They're good. They're gonna be great. 
they're big, so I don't love it. But it'll be good enough to make a run. I just don't see him making it very. If, I think Max's team gets lead eight. They're gonna be good. It's gonna be good regular season. I don't see them being long, and I'm tired. We still have to go through the entire PCC. What is it? Fifth is Creighton. We talked about Creighton a lot. What I didn't mention is that besides having a very underrated one-two punch, is that this is a solid, well-rounded team. There isn't oh, their weakness is that their bench isn't the greatest in the world. There's only so many guys, but. They could potentially surprise and make a deep run. And if they make a deep run, that'd be fun. It'd be it's nice to see Creighton. We see Creighton make a nice run in the tournament. The next thing I talk about, Arizona State. And Arizona State with the progression. Arizona they need that Arizona needs the Arizona State progression, because that's how you should progress as a team. Christian Rodriguez is a is a freaking beast. And yes, he's a six. The problem is he's a six-six power forward. But for a six-six power forward, he is pretty good. He is strong. He's. A, I think the dragon logo fits him well. Outside of that, they're not gonna be able to be the problem. And not really able to shoot well. Y'all still here? Y'all are still here. I guess I guess just listen to me isn't that exciting. But even when you look at Arizona State, they're not really able to shoot, and that's gonna be a big problem. Especially come tournament time. Because if you can't shoot, then you're gonna have to trade two. You're gonna have to trade threes for twos, and trading threes for twos is not a great strategy when it's a one kind of thing. But I see this, but this roster did return a lot of guys from their elite team, so they do have the potential to go deep into the tournament. The next team, what is it? Is it Colorado? Is it Boulder time? It's Boulder time. It's time to talk about Colorado. Something that what is a storm absolutely loves to talk about is Colorado. Storm, we're gonna to talk about Storm's favorite team, Colorado Bulls. And the thing about Colorado is it's unimpressive. I think that their roster is unimpressive, but William Torres is good. Harris is good. McDonald, they. It's decent. It's nice. It's 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 a nice little roster. It's gonna make the tournament probably win the game, but they they may upset somebody and make the Sweet Sixteen. But I don't see this team going very far, which is unfortunate. Cause that bag does a really good job at Colorado. I guess that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles sometimes. You can you can make a good roster and still not be able to win that many. What is it? Number eight. Why is there so many coaches in the PCC? I put myself at number eight. I don't know why I put myself at number eight. I probably should put myself 10th behind UCLA. Actually, 
I'm gonna put myself tenth. We're gonna talk about Utah, UCLA before we talk about Utah. Utah makes a ridiculous amount of points. Victor Williams never reached his potential, so that's a, that's really sad. So he may be he may be a grad transfer. I don't know. He he may be too good to be a draft transfer. But there those two are gonna just have to play ridiculously well for them to make the tournament. If they do make the tournament, I don't see them going far. But if those Victor Williams and Williams just have to carry them to the tournament. UCLA, what happened? Richard Gold. Richard Gold is just not the best. But Elliot Stewart is solid. He's going to be able to help him. You see, if UCLA would have added somebody besides Larry Murphy, I would have been a little more keen to say you try to speak in the tournament, but they didn't add anyone. And they just won six games. And they lost Mike Adams. And so. They may make the tournament. They may be good enough to make the tournament. Are they actually going to make the tournament? It's a whole different question right there. And that's not a question I'm going to answer because I want to talk about my own team, USC. And when did Harry Connor all of a sudden become good at basketball? Like, when did he become this really good player? I, 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 don't, I can't tell you that. Marshall Richards did not progress that much as I hoped. So rip me. But I feel like their roster, the it's, USC is very dependent on what everyone else does around them. If teams underperform, they're probably getting in. If they overperform, USC's not making it. They're, they're probably with like 17, 18 games and be very unimpressive doing it and probably be underrated. No one's going to care. But we may just sneak into the tournament. Number 11, Stanford. How do you think our VT-USC game will go? I think I'm going to beat you. Wait, I play you this season? Yeah, I play you. The Sims team disagree for whatever reason. You know what? I've had Sims. I I can't trust Sims anymore because I've had Sims. What is it? Last year, I had Sims. Sims had me going like winning like 22, 23 games, and we only won like eighteen. So I, I've learned never to trust Sims. And the last team we're gonna talk about, I'm collecting fifty Sims right now. So I can do stats. You know what? That's too many Sims. I don't have that kind of dedication. I have a life. I have a. You need. Coach, what is it, Virginia Tech? I'm a, we, need, we need to get you on some after after school activities. We need to get you. What is it? Join the Boys and Girls Club. I'm on winter break. Then, man, you, you need to be at, what is it? The soup kitchen. Why aren't you not volunteering? That looks great. Go volunteer your time. I say that when I made a 35-page news article, not a newsletter, on about a league that doesn't even exist. So maybe I need to go do, start doing some volunteer work more, even though I do do volunteer work. 
But how? But how is Stanford good with four players? They'll probably make the tournament for whatever reason, and probably end up making the Elite Eight because they're just so top heavy. But no one, no one is gonna be happy, and no one could be happy that Stanford's any good. That is not just not a good look for the league. And then we had, oh yeah, we have to talk about Oregon State. Oregon State added a bunch like Virginia. They had a lot of guys. None of them be any good. So I don't know really what to say about that one. Now, Memphis, we're finally to our last conference, so y'all can almost go to sleep. I, and I know y'all are ecstatic for that one. Y'all fucking almost sleep. It was like 12.30 over here. But Michael Dine is the truth. He's going to be really good. Howard Ruiz is also going to be one of the best players. And their bench could look, they're, look if you had Terrence Clark, Nichols, Nagoba, Dave Vassett and John Horn as your starting five. You could continue, not a natural five, but y'all could. That's a legit three sixteen starting five right there. That that's how good Virginia, not Virginia. About to say Virginia, Virginia is not any good. Memphis, that's how good Memphis is. You can take just her bench, and that bench would make the sweet sixteen elite eight. You add that with their studded, their star-studded top five. First of all, you just have a lot of options of what you can do. Because I could just see them take out maybe Mario Campbell and put in Terrence Clark. Or you can take out Clark. Or not Clark. You can take out Robot and McKinney. You can put in Nangoba to have the big. You just have a lot of options. So Memphis is going to be loaded. I hate. I feel bad for any teams that play Memphis. The next team we're going to talk about is the Texas Longhorns. Oof. Do you play Memphis? I don't think you play Memphis. But Cameron Dodge, all of a sudden, Cameron Dodge is really, really good. I play Texas. Yeah, you're going to have to deal with Cameron Dodge. Who out of who got a plus eight and just became a a virtual yeah he just became a cheat code out of nowhere like look his worst shooting stat is a ninety five Eagle legit just leave the league in scoring on Texas like that that is ridiculous a hundred steals he he cannot defend to save his life not a good defender. He's like the James Harden being Steve BCA. Cameron Waits is is solid. BJ Thomas. I'm just mad they just got BJ Thomas and Mercy Miller. And the same. Are you kidding me? He's. Oh, that frustrates me. I pitched for Mercy Miller and now he's benching them. That's the second year in a row where I've gotten a. Where a team benched the point guard I've gone after. But technically, it'll be really good. I see them. I can. I still see them maybe Elite Eight because they're a small team. But once they get in Elite Eight, they're not enough boards to win. Next thing we're going to talk about is Oklahoma. Oklahoma's good and they're young. I don't see this. First of all, you got to cut five guys. So I don't know what damn it Chris is doing. He needs to get on it. But. I don't see this year being the year for 
I think I'll definitely make it in the tournament. But next Oklahoma next year is gonna be loaded. They're just gonna be if they can get their guys to rest. They're gonna just be straight up loaded because all their stars are gonna return, and all of them are. And the oldest star is a sophomore. And I think he's. Yeah, they don't have a upper class from the start. That's a really just solid team. Now I'm gonna talk about Marquette, and this is this is it's all in on Marquette because they do have a coach. It's the SMU coach, though. So, in my opinion, the jury's out of how good the coach is not the end of the world for Marquette. But there's plenty of a step back. But I don't. Besides Simmons, y'all don't really major. Besides, also Nestor off the bench, but y'all, my my catch should be fine. I wish I could say the same about VCU though. VCU, yeah, BD, yeah, but everything else is about to fall off a cliff. Really, VCU is about to fall off a cliff really, really soon. It's unfortunate. What is it? Kansas, wait, is Kansas still here? Is Kansas still here? Kansas, are, are you listening? It says, what is it? Can, yeah, Kansas is here. Yeah, we're talking about you next. So, I want to thank the dedication for you late, wait, for you waiting this long. That's dedication right there. But yeah, we look at Kansas. Kevin, they have one of my former players, Taylor Year Candy, Kevin Young. And Kevin, unfortunately, Kevin Young got worse. But this man can shoot. And I noticed that when I was at Wake Forest. And this was just a really good shooter. And even, what is it? When he put up, what is it, six or three pointers a game, he still shot 40% from three. He's efficient at when you give him enough attempts, he can be efficient. He can just be a really nice player to have. Unfortunately, y'all going to have to find some some point guards. And I don't think, and when you look at him, I don't know how easy that one's going to be. Noyes is progressing. He's getting better and better every season. And hopefully as a senior, he can reach his potential. But honestly, I think I'm making a tournament, but I don't think I don't see y'all doing anything special. It's I don't think this is a year you upset like Memphis again. Was it Memphis that all called? Was I don't remember. Who y'all either be like Memphis or Indiana? Somebody y'all have said somebody in that year you went to the Sweet Sixteen. I don't see that happening again. But I think I know knowing you. And knowing Kansas basketball, I just know you're just kind of waiting to I can, you can say, oh, this is a national contender team. So that's just what Kansas Jayhawks expect. But I just don't see this year being the year for that. Did we talk about everyone in the PC? In the, what is it? Midwest? No, we forgot the Texas schools of West Virginia. I'm going to talk about West Virginia really quick. Before I talk about Texas and Texas Tech. Nebraska, Nebraska. There is nothing to talk about with Nebraska. But West Virginia is solid. There isn't 
they're not going to make the tournament, but they can make the see and have fun. And now it's the it's the debate. No one's arguing. I had Texas Tech over TCU. I know Lum's not very happy about that. This the corn. You know what? I don't know what corn I like better. Nebraska, I. It's here in Nebraska, Iowa corn is better. Y'all can debate about that. But TCU, y'all do have Charles Wilson. Y'all do. It's a nice roster. But I just don't. But when you look at the top end talent, when you look, first of all, Warm Hanlon's a better player. Yeah, I just feel like I like how Texas Tech's rosters looks or situate a little bit more than I like TCU's. That's why I have Texas Tech over TCU. I feel like TCU on paper is the better team. And I feel like matchup-wise, how they're going to do in the season, I think Texas Tech is going to end up being better. New rival. But I think we talked about every single team. I mentioned... My final four picks, if y'all forgot to see them, was Cal, Duke, Michigan, and Memphis. I mentioned just being Michigan for the national championship. And I think that's it. So have fun. I know I'm definitely going to have fun this season. And what is it? Remember, just because there isn't a goalie, just because there's a goalie doesn't mean you can't score. Good night. Thank you.